Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Today, I am joined once again with Isa Lara Marie. She is a shamanic healer, a medium, a channel. She's been and working um, in the energy arts for decades now. She's healed from intense sexual uh, ritualistic abuse. And we've been talking about her journey in the last few episodes, and we're going to continue that today. Thank you so much for being here once again with me, Isa. Thank you, Amalia. Nice to see you again. So you, if you're Wanting to know more about Isa or um, learn about her teachings and practices, you can always jump over to her website, isalaramarie.com, and hear more about her and stay in contact with her there. Um, why I bring up her website right now is because for the last 30 years, Isa has been like a, a healer in hiding. She's been guided to uh, not bring her work forward. And in fact, um, I think it was about three or four years ago when I met her, it was through a personal recommendation. That was the only way she took on new clients. And I felt very fortunate when I met her because she was critical on my path of, of healing um, my traumatic um, is so hard to even say, like, I, I, I still don't talk about it. <laughs> and I started this whole podcast to help me heal from my sexual wounding. Um, but Isa has been silent for many, many years. And she's finally decided to come out and, and make herself known. And she has a book in the works to talk about um, her process of healing. First, tell us, um, why were you silent for so long? And why at this moment in time are you choosing to, to make yourself known or just to talk publicly? Thank you, Amalia. Yeah, I, I was silent for 30 years. I've been doing this work for 30 years. And I I was simply silent because I was guided. I, I knew directly and tuning in with my guidance um, from great spirit or source that um, it was very clear to me that I was to remain invisible. I was asked during those 30 years to uh, really profoundly heal myself uh, from the ritual cult sexual abuse as a child and to dedicate my life uh, to bring healing on the planet, to be a conduit for healing on this planet. During those 30 years, I was, I was very protected and insulated during um, a very intense time of my own healing of coming into my body. 
as well as healing multiple diseases and disabilities that I had from the level of trauma that I had survived and experienced. It's just recently uh, that I have been guided to come out into the public. Um, I got very direct guidance from Spirit in the last year. It's been a, a process. And just recently, to, for the first time ever, uh, make myself public and have a website. And also to um, really speak the story um, the, my intention and what I was told by guidance was, you know, it's time for me to share um, what happened in my childhood for so many who cannot speak. And so I would like to be the voice for those who cannot speak. And to say that, you know, in sharing my history, that this will touch others. My intention is to bring healing forth and to bring people the feeling of safety and trusting themselves who have been through any form of trauma that they might be dealing with. And I know that there's no doubt right now with everything happening on the planet, with the um, level of fear and rage that is being flushed out in the collective currently, and the level of light that's coming in, that this is time, it's time for many of us to come forth and we're being asked to do that. Mm. Well, I am so grateful um, for my own process. I, I also felt silenced for so, so long and coming out and talking publicly has been a terrifying experience, but it's also been very healing for me. Those who've been listening to my podcast um, have heard a lot of my personal story, which I hadn't even told some of my closest friends. And I just decided to talk publicly about my own trauma and abuse. And I still haven't been able to touch on the, the cult and the ritual abuse and the darker things because um, it's still so terrifying to me in so many ways. It's not terrifying any longer. So I should reframe that because it, I don't want to keep that um, narrative in place. So I'm going to just reframe what I'm saying to get clear where I'm at right now is I feel a lot of hope. I feel that there's, um, there's something breaking free. And I guess it's because there are so many um, survivors or previous victims that have done enough healing that are starting to share and talk that it's giving me kind of permission to, um, to own my healing process and to, to stand in it stronger and allow myself to, to speak. And whenever I have shared my healing journey on this podcast or my other, um, avenues, which I speak and share, I have found it to be um, so fulfilling. So I'm praying that you sharing with us today, Isa, is a beautiful experience because um, just in our last couple of conversations in these podcasts, it's already uh, rearranging the, the cells in my body. And I'm sure those who are listening. So thank you deeply. Um, it's really an honor to have you, and I cannot wait for your 
book to be finished. So Issa told me in one of our the healing sessions I had with her uh, when I came to her to to get some clarity and healing around my own um, sexual healing around th this kind of ritualistic or cult um, abuse that I've dealt with. She told me that she. Uh, she told me her story, a little bit about her story, and that she was working on a book to talk about it. And I have been eagerly awaiting um, the release of this book. It's not yet out yet, so I'm sorry, everyone, but we have Isa here. So she's going to tell us a little bit more about it today. Um, so the thing that I'm wanting to hone in on today is is about the cult. So when she told me that she was in a cult, raised in a cult and abused by people in the cult in a ritualistic way, um, it was the first time I had heard someone else really discuss it in that way. And I asked her what church she was in because it's similar to my experience. Um, I believe you said it was a Lutheran church, was it? Yes. Yeah. And for me, it was um, a born-again Christian evangelical church. And so I'm curious in your discovery of this, like what is actually happening in the churches? Like where is this coming from? Because here it's, it's a Christian church. It's not like you were in the church of Satan or you were your parents maybe know or they don't know that they were involved in some sort of um, – cult like how did you come to understand it was a cult what a, how would other people know if they're involved in that can you just speak to that and unpack that a little bit sure yeah amalia the way that i knew that it was a cult is i had memory of that i began to have flashbacks and memory of groups of men in sometimes in robes, in hoods, um, in a group setting, abusing myself and many other children at the same time. And this was done repetitively, ritualistically, regularly for many, many years. During those um, abuse times as well, there, there was much programming and brainwashing. We were told... Uh, that it was our fault, that we had sinned, that we were being punished, that it was the will of God, that we had to pay for our sins, and really threatened implicitly that if we spoke out, that our families would be harmed if not killed, including ourselves, each of the children. And, you know, I, my parents, I, I was so severely dissociative until I was 22 and had conscious amnesia and of course did not share. It's very classic for a, a survivor to not share with their family. Of course, I wanted to protect my family and myself. I was afraid for all of our lives and I was silenced and I even stayed in a state of not fully having awareness of what was happening to me. I was in conscious amnesia. And after I came into my body and began to wake up and have flashbacks and awareness, 
I did fly home to my family. The church was in a rural part of North Carolina in the country, really isolated on a hill in the middle of nowhere with no surrounding towns. Um, and the, you know, it's when I flew home to speak to my family, finally I gathered enough courage after receiving healing for about four or five years, I flew home and decided to disclose to my family what had happened to me to find out if they knew about it, if they were part of it. I, I, I did not remember in my memory, I had no memory of my family sexually abusing me in any way. Um, and I went home and I disclosed to my parents what had occurred for me as a child and they did not believe me. They said that, you know, I had made the memories up, that, of course, probably a therapist had put, put those into my head, and that, that there's no way that could have happened. And so we never, you know, we never got to ever really speak about it again. Um, and I was prepared for that because I knew that that would be, that is a very classic response to families of children who weren't protected. This is how it happens. If a family is that checked out with that much trauma, they very well can be unknowingly delivering their children to a church or organization that is using them and abusing them. It's very common. Mm. I unfortunately had a very similar experience with my family when I brought it up. They got angry. Um, yeah, my mother said it's it didn't happen, but she wouldn't have a conversation with me about it. And um, that, that's been really hard, but I also was prepared and I kind of knew like, it's okay. Cause I don't think she can handle, she, she is a survivor herself. Um, but I want to, so I see, I see that a lot of people go through that kind of um, shock and horror when someone says, I, you know, that church we went to that you thought was um, so spiritual and religious and God-fearing is actually an undercover um, cult or there's a pedophile ring attached to it or something. And so for me, um, it, it's been very hard to speak about what happened in my church because of that, because I still know people that... Um, go to the church. My mother is still very much a part of the church, although she switched churches. Um, and I believe the one she's in now is not connected to that. But what I've found is that there are many, um, specifically this newer kind of Christian communities that have um, these sort of underlying underbelly darker ritualistic things going on, but it's very hard to explain how it's happening um, because that's not what people consciously are aware of. And so I would like to try and unpack this. I'm stumbling over my words because it's, it's, I have been in fear most of my life to speak against the church. Um, although my story is similar, but different to yours. I think that there are many people out there that have abuse from their religious institution. We see now in the news um, with the Vatican finally addressing that 
you know, these rings have been going on with their, with their um, priests. And I, I finally got some satisfaction 25 years after um, I watched my sister be abused by one of our pastors. He finally went to jail and died in jail. So that was some sort of sense of like, okay, justice ha has happened, but how many children has he abused in those 25 years where nobody was listening to us that he was an abuser or that something was happening? But I think it's deeper than that. It feels to me that there's sort of a brainwashing that has gone on, that there's some kind of possession that happens. Um, because in my memories, like yours, there's rituals, but like our church didn't really have rituals. So how do I have memory of ritual? Like, where did that come from? Um, how did you put all this together exactly? Or what have you understood from your memories coming back? Like, how did this Lutheran church um, have this activity going on and get away with it? Yeah. I can say that my awareness of that came solely through memory since there was no one around me that uh, would believe, uh, or, or at least my parents didn't believe, that all the memory, all of the knowing of that came from my body, from the memories that were stored within me. And that what is happening in churches today, many churches, is also happening in many organizations, is also happening in many political arenas, uh, famous Hollywood arenas. It's really prolifically happening way more than the uh, normal public wants to admit that these are rings of ritualistic and different kinds of cult abuse that have been happening on the planet for a very long time underground. And many times, and, and in, it is true in my abuse, that I remember experiencing entities. How I define entities are disembodied spirits that are of a either neutral or dark origin. They are not spirit guides. They are not angels or angelics. And in my case, I experienced what I would call demonic forces. I saw the demonic beings. I felt them. I heard them. And really, the male perpetrators, including the preacher that were abusing me as a child in this very fundamentalist Christian church, even though it was Lutheran, it had a very deep fundamentalist nature to it, they were possessed. They were taken over by what I would call dark entities and demonics that I saw moving through their body. I also, as I was being raped, sexually abused in every form you can imagine uh, of my body, every place in my body, um, I experienced these beings entering my body, these dark entities. And this happened repetitively. I used to have night terrors as a child, nonstop. I had them until about 10 years ago as an adult, um, night screaming terrors where I would wake up every night feeling uh, being attacked and in just death defying screaming that I would wake up with. Um, 
I also had from this agoraphobia, chronic, terrible panic attacks. And when I met my teacher at 22, I began to be uh, released of these entities that were living in my womb and in my genitals and in my throat and in my body. They had not taken over my soul or my mind. They had not incorporated into my mind. So I was a fully uh, functioning, to some degree, sovereign unit <laughs> as a person, but they were affecting my life and my health and well being. And it took multiple uh, depossession uh, sessions for me to be extracted from these beings that were living inside of my body from the ritual abuse. Uh, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I, it puts into perspective what I'm grappling with because I also, as a child saw the demonic possessions happening, um, with my sister and her friend. Um, it regularly happened where the demons would come through them and speak through them. Um, and I always thought it was just sort of stuck with them. But then as I got older and my memory, other memories started unlocking, I saw um, these entities kind of feeding on the whole church and how uh, certain people, church leaders, my mother included, seemed to vacate their bodies and actually just a, kind of like a zombie almost, like the their conscious mind was completely asleep and I would watch the entities sort of run the body, um, so to speak. So what you're saying like really makes sense to me, but I'm trying to understand um, what is this agenda? Like where, what do these beings want? And do you personally feel that they have infected um like all Christian churches or religious institutions or where are you standing with that today? Your understanding with that? Yes, not at all. Um, I feel that the occurrence of demonic energies or dark entities can be anywhere. Um, they tend to be drawn to where people have, um, severe trauma and disconnection where they're misabusing power, where they are um, not aligned with what we would call the higher self or goodness or benevolence. They tend to be drawn to very traumatic situations where a person has a, an evil intent, intent or um, a dark agenda and that they feed off the entities themselves. There are very many different kinds of dark entities. There are also extraterrestrial uh, dark entities as well as what I call dimensional entities, which are more creature-based from different dimensions as well. And all these different kinds uh, feed off energy. They need chi or light or energy to survive. And they're drawn to intensity, of emotion, they're drawn to trauma. The trauma field is very intense. They're drawn to darkness because there's a heaviness in that. And that is where they go. But there, there are many organizations and churches that are full of light 
that are, um, you know, in the true nature of, of religion and spirituality. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for that distinction. I think it gets really confusing when you, I know for a long time I had one perspective because I saw it, I saw this entity sort of taking over our whole church. And then I had, I have had other experiences like, um, my mother finally switched churches and she is in a different church. And I have attended that church with her where I would not go back into this um, church I was raised in. And I have seen that that church holds a lot more of the light frequency. Um, and it was really interesting for me. And I was wondering like, how, how is this happening and how are people so susceptible to it um, and not, and, and do they know um, what's happening? Because from what I saw in my experience um, is that the, the abusers who were kind of allowing these entities to move through them is how I saw it, um, that they're believing that it's, light is that was that your experience do you think that your abusers um were even a aware of what they were doing or were they so checked out and being used and manipulated by by these entities or were they participating conjuring doing it on purpose like what is your understanding of the of your abusers yes it I'm sure it's very different in all situations. In my situation, I remember my abusers being very aware of what they were doing. Um, I, I remember them experiencing a sense of power and domination and intentionally humiliating. And they would often take us to places of um, suffocation and, um, in part of the programming to have us feel experience that we were going to die, but then bring us back to let up that uh, violence as we were losing oxygen. And this is a really common form of uh, brainwashing and programming. Um, but the abusers in my history were very aware of what they were doing. They were, you could say, um, hung power hungry and definitely seeking the power, the control, and the level of intensity that was occurring. Mm -hmm. And what do you think that their goal is or aim is, or why are they using the church? Like their beliefs are not in line with that behavior, right? So how do you think that they were... Is it just a, like a cover for them to, to use the church or? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I can speak to that because I was the victim and I was a child and I was on the receiving end of what was occurring. I, I can't really claim to know, um, you know, what was happening for the abusers. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you that... Um, it's just really common, as you know, that any time a person goes into extreme belief of a dogma, 
perhaps in a type of religion, that there's always room then for that to be the, the opposite to be repressed, for the opposite to be disowned in the shadow. And that, that sort of prime material, if you think about it, where it's sort of the inevitable that whatever's being repressed and disowned is going to come out. And I can only imagine that that's what happened, but I, I can't really say I know for sure in that, in, mm -hmm. my, in my past. Yeah, I think I've just tried to make sense of it somehow. Um, you know, as a child, when we're abused, I think it's so confusing because often the abuser is someone that we love or that we, it has an authority figure over us or we've been taught to like behave or, you know, be submissive to. And as we come into our power, as we, um, for me, I've just been grappling with like wanting to forgive them, but also wanting to like hold them accountable and, <laughs> and then to try and just understand what happened because as a child, it's so complicated to, um, really understand the complexities that are involved. But one thing that I have seen um, and that really disturbs me and the reason why I am brought you on here is that I, I see it almost getting worse. Like I'm seeing that it's not just me and the kids that I went to church with because I know they were all abused and I watched how Many of them, like my sister and my two best friends, they never even got out of rehab. They're just in a process of rehab and um, fracturing, fracturing. Um, the, the oldest one, I thought she, she has the most memory because she was actually the, the girlfriend of um, Antel Neves, who's the head of the Satanic Church, and she had ran away. And so I was like, okay, her, I need to go talk to her, but she was a crack addict. And then she finally, and I was like, no, the one person who has the most memory. Um, but I found that all of us kids growing up in this who were abused, I remember in these uh, ritualistic way, we've all been separated from each other and unable to, to speak as adults, unable to put the, pieces back together. And I see that in the entertainment industry, in our government, in the whole Pizzagate thing, and the, the um, Jeffrey Epstein, and all of the news right now, even during the quarantine, it was like, there's rumors that there's underground networks and the children are being freed. And it was moving me so deeply, like, okay, it's not just my story. This isn't just something I made up. And I, re I thought of you and our story, that you, the story you told me when I came to you for my healing. And I was like, okay, there are. There are many of us. And um, this is something that's so dark and so ugly and so repressed into sexual shame that it's been able to like stay kind of in our shadows, in our wombs, um, hidden away. And I feel like it's finally being, finally being brought to light. And it's a very ugly reality, but I, I see that there's something, um, 
I don't know, it's giving me hope and there's like a, a, a beautiful blooming. What, what do you see is like, I don't know, like you, you've, when I reached out to you and you, and I said, did you finish your book? Because I want to read it. There's some, I'm trying to put all these pieces together. I'm struggling with my words because it's like, this is locked in my throat for so long. And here you're someone who um, has been writing for a long time. You've been working with people like this. What do you think is like on the other side of this? Or what are you hoping that your story um, helps to, to create on the other side of this? If any of that makes sense to you. <laughs> yes, totally. My intention is to give a voice to the people who have no voice. And, you know, I did not want to write this story, if I'm quite honest. I was in a sexual trafficking workshop educating people on the um, prolificness of how common sexual trafficking is right under our noses, down the I-5 corridor here on the West Coast and everywhere else on the planet. And I became horrified to the level that that was occurring. Um, this was about five years ago. And I asked God, I said, uh, what can I do? What can I do to help on this planet? And I heard it's time to write your story. You must write your story. You must share your story. You must speak. And I very reluctantly began doing that. And so that is my intention is to be at least one voice for, for many um, to share that this happens. And my message would be that no matter what happens to you, no matter how humiliating, horrific, heinous it is, you can rise and you can heal completely and you can be all that you are and you can turn that into gold. You can turn it into as they say, lemonade, you know, and you can thrive. And what I see now is that at this time on the planet, all of that is being revealed. The darkness, the secrets, it is time and it is being revealed everywhere. And, and that is what is occurring. And that is a beautiful thing because we cannot heal until we see what is happening. And the, as people slowly begin to wake up, begin to, you know, the, the collective is waking up from their own shock and trauma, their own disbelief, their own, like, how could this possibly happen? It sounds crazy. You know, how could that be right under our noses? But it does. And it is. And as the collective thaws out and wakes up from this in, just really consensual dream of entrancement where everyone is agreed to believe certain things and to see certain things only as they wake up healing is flooding the planet and it is flooding each of us and then we each have that help to wake up more deeply and be free mm. may it be so i'm yeah i agree with you and i one thing that disturbs me um, is sort of how people are unintentionally propagating the, or, or participating in it. Um, have you noticed 
certain things like like for example um things to look out for things to notice uh, i know that you know with um pizza gate coming out and um who's this famous artist uh, maria the the one who does the spirit cooking and um a lot of our famous musicians like the symbology um behind there there's different I don't think they're all connected and maybe this is something you can speak to. I think that there are um, smaller sects or smaller rings that are kind of leading it. Some people think like, oh, it's all Illuminati or it's all this um, off-world entity that's feeding off um, sexuality or it's the satanic church or it's the Baphomet network or... Um, <sighs> how do you make sense of it or, or what have you understood as like the ways in which it's so, because it is right under our nose. Like for me, I see it everywhere. I see it almost every day. I notice when I travel the world, I see the underground sex network right in front of my face where everybody else doesn't see it. And I think obviously I'm seeing it because I'm a victim of it and I've experienced it. Um, but what, what are you noticing, like how people are unintentionally um, participating or maybe things that they could look out for to, to pull it out or to, to stand aside from it without being like um, paranoid or overreactive to it? Yes, my sense is it starts with the willingness to have the intention simply that you're willing to see whatever is true, whatever is truly happening. And that if you just sit with that, I am willing to open my eyes and ears, hear and see whatever is truly occurring. Let me see the truth. Really, that is the main step. And in that, you can begin to have greater awareness of your children and your friends' children and maybe what their behavior is on the internet and their safety level on Facebook or dating sites or internet in general. And we can begin to protect our children and have awareness and public bathrooms and I-5 public stops on the I-5 that we can have this awareness that we need to not be in fear, but we need to be aware that this simply occurs and that we're here to protect each other, men and women and children. And my feeling is with that simple awareness, that is enough to begin to have the curiosity, to be curious. Oh, what is happening here? Who, you know, it's always very important to see, to ask to see people clearly, men or women, to look clearly at people, to ask to see beyond the apparency of things, as my teacher used to say. See beyond the apparency of things. And then you can begin to notice, oh, that behavior is odd or unusual. Something is off here, but it's sort of a reminder to wake up, to be awake, to not be in the habituated conditioning moments and ways that we interact with the world. It's really 
helpful in time to wake up from that. How might people know that they're kind of um, either attached to something darker or that something darker is trying to work through them um, or, or just to navigate? Like how, how would you advise them in navigating all of because all the mysteries are available now online. You can just go, <laughs> oh, they're, they're no longer secrets, right? It used to be that you needed to go to a mystery school and really learn and practice with someone who was helping to, to guide and direct your path through these different initiations. And now I think everybody is just blown open to, to these realms and they have to navigate themselves. So what are some of the like signs that you might say to look out for or to um, help them find their way through? First, I would say that it's really important to know, to remember that we live on the earth in earth school and that everything is dualistic, you know, that we're here to learn by through the power of opposites. And so light and dark exist both down here on the earth plane, What's important is to remember to place your attention on the light and to know that you are that. You are light, you are made of love and consciousness, and that there is another reality and realm available at any moment for you to put your awareness into. You can find that anywhere in the world. But as long as you keep your awareness and your focus on the light, that is what you will be in. That is what you will experience. Um, if you find that you're looking at an object or in a space or with a person that you feel off with, that you feel funny with, that something isn't right, I would recommend that you remove yourself from that place, that you trust your feelings, that you trust your instinct regardless of what the person is saying, regardless of what the statue or item looks like, that you simply trust that energy is what you're feeling. Things come in all different forms, but what you have to be mindful of is to look below that and tune in what is really here. What is really here? What is the energy? And trust yourself implicitly. If that happens, simply remove yourself, take your focus off of that, and begin to call in the light and breathe in the light that you are and radiate your light like the sun because you are a solar being of light. And as you radiate from your heart center, this love, this light, down through your crown, out your heart, you are divinely and always protected. Mm. Thank you for that, Isa. And may all of you listening be divinely protected and breathe that in. Um, this has been some really complicated material to wade through. Um, thank you for bearing with my challenging ways to, to ask questions. I'm, not used to being an interviewer, but I'm also um, not used to talking about these topics, especially publicly. It's something I've been tracking my whole life and is very much why what put me on the path that I'm on um, in doing this work. So thank you so much, Isa, for just helping me in my healing journey, for, for being that beacon of light in my dark nights when I really needed um, to get pulled out and uh, 
to, to trust myself, to trust my process of, of discerning truth and, and holding sovereign. Um, yeah, may all beings be safe and, and be connected to their inner light and their sovereignty. If any of you listening are interested to uh, work with Isa, she has some upcoming classes online that will be uh, coming out soon. So go check out her website, isalaramarie.com. I will put all of her information in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for next time. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda. Bargo Day.